Bring on Mr. Douglas. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, everybody. I am Mr. Douglas, and this is Hanging with Mr. Douglas. This podcast is focused around individual empowerment, awareness expansion, energy and psi techniques, reality box optimization, adjacent subject matter, and more. Or as the boyfriend of the prince in Braveheart, if anybody's seen that movie, it was, and more. That's how he would have said it. <laughs> anyway, we laid a very strong base by going through Ingo Swan's two-volume set, Secrets of Power. I absolutely recommend listening to the series to build a solid foundation for yourself, or take the dive and listen to the audio versions narrated by me. There is a link in the description, and you can find them on Amazon and Audible. The books build and mold a structure of mind that is open and empowered from the start. Not just from the empowering side of the coin, where Ingo shows that we have within us, species-wide, an incredible array, a spectrum of power, mostly untouched and untapped, yet still blossoming and bubbling up, in spite of society's best efforts to stifle their expression. He also pulls no punches in defogging the map of the reality of our situation, that the structures of power we find ourselves in in the modern era have systems designed and baked into society itself to deliberately depower us by not only deriding these absolutely innate and natural abilities. You're crazy woo-woo out there, fringe, hippy-dippy, new-aged head-in-the-cloud spiritual pursuits are a waste of time. Go get a job. Be a productive cog in the machine. Make that money. Get that status. <laughs> and on and on. But also, to disappear as much as they can, any information or legitimate conversation and research on such powers. For some time, however, and more so recently, that plan of action by the power structure keeper-uppers has become rather shaky, and I intend to shake it up even more. And today, this episode, we begin with a strong jostle, discussing the works and book, The Energy Cure, by William Bankston, Ph.D. I was introduced to this amazing and awesome information and wonderful man through the podcast The Higher Side Chats. A fantastic resource in and of itself. Just a great one-on-one -on -one interview show uh, that I have learned so much from. Greg Carlwood is the host. Greg and his guests I consider to be, the way he runs the show, a priceless resource. Definitely check out THC, The Higher Side Chats as well. Link to the uh, William Bankston episode will be in the description. Uh, huh? description? That's short for description. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm working on it. Keep working on it! For us here, these empowering ideas presented in his work, his website, and his book, as well as his course, is hands-on healing with a twist. Now, I'm not teaching anything. We are discussing. We are having a discussion as my goal here to introduce you to this particular information and strongly suggest you expose yourself to the source material. 
Right, so these ideas that we are going to be discussing, uh, basically uh, the technique that he and his friend and cohort came up with, also seems to bring about what you want to happen in your life too. It's pretty wild. Energy healing as the main course with a serving of happy manifestation for the healer or a closer to the mark conduit for the healing energy for dessert. The book, The Energy Cure, and the course which I listened to on Audible uh, called Hands-On Healing are awesome. He's also got a website, bangstonresearch.com. I'm going to say it lots in the episode, bangstonresearch.com. Worth it to check out. But anyway, in every sense, full of some major awe-inducing, jaw-dropping, and exciting information. Lots of links will be below, trust me. All right, let's get into it. Human empowerment via energy healing and manifestation of that sweet new gaming rig, car, or loft apartment coming up. Everything that exists, including ourselves, is composed of energy. This isn't New Age lore, but modern physics. Dr. Bengston. Everything is energy, and that is all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. Albert Einstein. To begin our storied introduction to this information, in a nutshell, Professor Bengston, when he was 21 years old and not a professor yet, was working as a lifeguard at a public pool in Long Island. And he met a man in his late 40s by the name of Bennett Mayrick, called Ben throughout the book. Ben had the ability to touch items and seemingly instantly know things about the owner. Psychometry is the term for this ability. but. It wasn't until after an unassumingly accurate reading about a conversation his sister and mother were having in the kitchen and car trouble that the then 21-year-old Bankston was really on board. So Bill Bankston told Ben after he got this reading that he had his car checked the week before, everything was fine. But driving home from the pool at the end of that workday his entire exhaust system dropped out from the bottom of his car. Check number one. When he finally got home, he thought, okay, uh, let's verify this conversation prediction. And he talked to his sister about the kitchen conversation. She was, quote, flabbergasted. How did you find out about that? It was private. Where did it take place? The kitchen. Unquote. Check number two. So Ben, the psychic, was part of this two-person cleaning service, a cash business. And at the end of that summer, when his partner had quit, Ben offered the job to Bill Bengston. So the two stayed in touch and worked together as Bill began his master's in sociology. Through Many discussions, questions, going to the horse track, doing side tests with university machines, which showed some fascinating readouts. 
Between cloud-busting, ailment-naming, and remote migraine elimination, a healing occurred. Now you can tell I am moving quickly through this preamble to get to the actual discussion of the practicing, but this is a really fascinating story. And on we go. So, during a break while on one of their cleaning jobs, Ben told Bill, in discussing the remote migraine elimination event that had happened earlier, quote, I get this symptom like the top of my head is blown off. I imagine the pain as something I can dissolve, like the clouds. So I do that and I get better. Then I hear the woman with the migraine allegedly gets better about the same time, unquote. Discussing the fact that you can't rule out coincidence, Bill tells Ben about his chronic back pain, how doctors couldn't really help. He does stretches, but he really couldn't arch his back without some serious pain. It wasn't neurological. He was structurally sound. Nothing was wrong anatomically. Then Bill's back starts to seize up while they're talking about it. Then Ben's back starts to hurt, right in the same area that Bill's has issues. After some confusion and conversation, Bill says, Why don't you just fix both of us? And so, Bill instructed Ben to put his hands on the small of his back. And, quote, Almost immediately, it started to feel warm, then hot. As the heat penetrated my spine, I felt my lower back grow numb in a four-inch radius, as if shot with Novocaine. With Ben's hands still on my back, the numbness wore off from the outer edges in. When he removed his hand, the last spot of numbness disappeared. The entire experience had lasted less than 10 minutes. Ben announced, my back doesn't hurt anymore. Standing straight, I arched, gyrated, then touched my toes. What are you doing? He asked, trying to find the pain. Then it's gone too? Completely. Unquote. From there, the story only gets more wild, healings abound, and the reactions from people range, but often come back neutral, if not negative sometimes. But one more event from the book, The Energy Cure, that dropped my jaw. Quote, Ben and I were with my sister, Lynn, and my girlfriend, who attempted to use a knife to pry open the tab on a can of soda. Be careful with that knife, Ben cautioned, just as she stabbed her right forefinger, opening a deep wound. Leaping forward, Ben took her finger, now pouring blood in his left hand. Stop squeezing, she protested. It hurts. But Ben wasn't squeezing. I could see space between his fingers and hers. Be quiet. It's healing, he insisted, refusing to let go. Twenty minutes later, Ben did release my girlfriend's finger. Her wound had healed. No cut, no scar, no scab. No sign of injury beyond the spilt blood. Unquote. Chills for me, everyone. So, Professor Bankston and Ben go on to design a kind of protocol that he tests and tests and tests some more with tumorous lab rats. In labs, both in person and remote. And if you want a more internet-ready exposure to all this info, check out his website, bankstonresearch.com. That's bankstonresearch.com. Uh, spelled B-E-N-G-S-T-O-N-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H dot C-O-M. 
I'll leave a link in the description. All right. Okay, I'll check it out. Now, on the website, he does say on the page under research, in referencing the healing method, quote, in the 35 plus years that I've been doing research on healing with my method, I can't tell you the number of times that the tests of my ideas under controlled conditions results in me being totally surprised. What I thought I would find does not match my actual results. I have learned not only patience, but most of all, humility, as I ponder the mysteries of healing. I can tell you without reservation that no one, including me, has a lock on the truth about healing. Unquote. Great website, banksandresearch.com. And again, it's also, I mean, the wor- his books, the course, it's all fantastic. It is truly, in the book, when you read, it's an amazing journey with deep implications and a method that seems to wrap energy healing, manifestation, and sigh all into one. And this is what we shall get into after the break. Okay, I am excited to begin this specific discussion because it's unlike any other energy manipulation method I've come across. For reference, I've come across a couple, such as Reiki. And while I don't profess any professional practicing in particular with Reiki, I have received all my attunements. I've also narrated several books written by Reiki Master and head of the Reiki Awakening Academy, Alice Langholt. She has an incredibly palatable way of teaching you all about Reiki, so I'm familiar with Reiki. This. This is not Reiki, but it is similar in that it is, like Reiki, acting as a conduit for energy to flow through you to help with the issue you are working on or towards, like healing. It's not you generating the energy, it's you being a conduit or corridor, a pathway for that energy to move through and do what it needs to do. And I'm also familiar with uh, Robert Bruce and his techniques for energy work. I am currently rereading his book, Energy Work, and am looking forward to going through his techniques in more depth on future episodes. Also awesome. Can personally say that I've had a lot of sensations and success with his techniques, too. Robert's techniques are more directly focused on you moving and manipulating energy, however. Dr. Bengston's and Ben's technique is the only one I'm aware of that has you focusing on simply getting out of your own way and also having these secondary effects of manifestation. Before we go any further, however, I must express explicitly that I am not teaching his technique here. To get a wonderful and comprehensive audio course, and I listened to it, it's great, it's on audible.com, hands-on healing is the name, and I'll leave a link in the description. Shun. Which one are you going to do? It's there. Pick it off his back, man. What? It's constructive criticism. You just need to chill. Okay. Also, the book, Energy Cure, has the full breakdown of his technique, which he calls cycling. Before we go forward, though, Dr. Bankston has provided a comprehensive disclaimer that I would also like to include here as well, even though I'm not going to be teaching it, but simply discussing and introducing and guiding you to his website and these wonderful works. I think it's important because it also summarizes what we'll be talking about in just a moment. So, disclaimer. 
The information presented in this section of this book, and I'll also say here in this podcast, entitled How to Apply Hands-On Healing is a supplement that is educational in nature and is provided only as general information. As part of the information contained in the supplement, you understand that you'll be introduced to the basics of the energy healing method the author developed and identifies as the Bangston Energy Healing Method, or the method. The method consists of two steps. First, create a list, as we'll be discussing further on. And the second is to perform a technique the author calls cycling. Also, we'll be getting into that as we move further along. While applying a hands-on healing technique, the method engages energy fields and systems that are natural to each person and the universe. The premise is, the method creates changes in the energy or spiritual aspects of the client which then can manifest in the physical body. So when a qualified and authorized method practitioner works with a client using the method, the practitioner is connecting to the energy or spiritual bodies of the client, not the physical body. Therefore, when the author uses the words treatment or treats, they are used solely in the context of working with the client's energy or spiritual bodies and not the physical body, which is the domain of the medical field and other allied healthcare professionals. You understand there is a distinction between healing using the method and the practice of medicine or any other licensed healthcare practice. The author has a PhD in sociology and is not a medical doctor or other licensed healthcare professional. The method is not a substitute for medical or physiological treatment from appropriate professionals. It would be considered alternative or complementary to the healing arts that are licensed by the states. The author strongly advises you to seek professional advice as appropriate before making any health decision. Me too, also not a doctor. You understand the author makes no warranty, guarantee, or prediction regarding any outcome from your using the method for any particular issue. You agree to assume and accept full responsibility for any and all risks associated with using the information contained herein about the method. In addition, you understand that learning about the method in the supplement does not authorize you to present in any manner that you are a Bengston Energy Healing Method practitioner. I'm not, though I would like to be one day. Or to use the method in a professional therapeutic setting. The author accepts no responsibility or liability whatsoever. Me neither. For the use or misuse of the information contained in the supplement. By continuing to read this supplement or continue to experience this podcast, you knowingly voluntarily and intelligently assume these risks, including any adverse outcome that might result from experience with the method and or using the information contained in this supplement about the method, and you agree to fully release, indemnify, hold harmless, and defend the author and his heirs, agents, publisher, consultants, and employees from and against any and all claims or liability which you and your heirs and your representatives may have for any loss, damage, or injury of any kind or nature whatsoever arising out of or in connection with reading the supplement and or using the method. Me too. You, uh, you hold harmless me too. Well, that's me too. If any court of law rules that any part of this disclaimer is invalid, the disclaimer stands as if these parts were struck out. The Bankston Energy Healing Method is a trademark of the authors and may only be used with permission. By continuing to read the supplement, and I'll say here or listen to this podcast, you agree to this disclaimer. Comprehensive. And it needs to be, and I appreciate it very much. I was very fortunate to be given permission from Bankston Research to discuss his material here. So, the basics as mentioned in the disclaimer are as follows. Write yourself a list 
of 20 or more things you want for yourself. Be selfish. It can be a swanky new apartment, a sweet new video game system, a job you'd like, a house you'd like, a vacation, a black belt in Jeet Kune Do. Though I don't know if Bruce Lee ever actually gave out belts, but you get my point. Winning an award, on and on. The idea here is to get your conscious ego, your waking, chattering monkey mind so out of the way that you are able to clear the way for you to be an energy conduit and to facilitate energy healing to occur. Make them specific and think of them as if they have already occurred. If you want to go on a cruise, imagine yourself sitting on your cruise cabin's balcony with the sea breeze blowing across your face while reading that Michael Crichton book or trade paperback series you've always wanted to dive into just for pure pleasure. Visualize yourself playing on that new video game system, laughing in your new living room, saying thank you for the award received during the recognition of your skills and talents. You get the idea. Don't just ask for more money. What would you want the money to buy? Visualize that. Dr. Bankston states that a lot of people go general. Now, world peace, winning the lotto, health. And while those are nice, they aren't specific. He also makes a point saying that if you are healthy, asking for health when you already have it doesn't make sense. The only way to get health is if you aren't healthy to begin with, so that's counterintuitive. Imagine yourself doing very well at weightlifting, jogging, biking, tennis, pickleball. So write up your list of 20 or more, but no less than 20, and then really get into imagining of each. Get familiar with it. Memorize it. Then, like a flip book or a rapid viewing of your phone's photo library, go through your list. First, slow. Then, a little less slow. Then, a little faster. And then, faster. And then, faster. And then, to the point where it's gone so fast that you don't even see each individual image any longer, and it can, like a basketball spinning on your finger, go on its own. To quote from his website, Bankston Research, quote, Image cycling, TM, for reasons I do not yet fully understand, is extraordinarily important in enhancing healing. The cycling technique involves making around 20 mental images of things you would like, all of my techniques are selfishly based, or situations that you would like to be in in the future. The mental images cannot be general, like, I want to be happy or I want to be healthy. Instead, the images must be able to be recognized when accomplished. For example, here I am driving my new car, or here I am in some specific exotic place. With practice, which includes in all likelihood a refinement of the images through a number of lists, these images become more specific and idiosyncratic as you find out what you really want. The image cycling itself involves running through these images at a very, very, very fast pace while you are otherwise engaged in ordinary activity. Like any skill, at first, this is awkward. Think learning to ride a bicycle. After sufficient practice, riding a bicycle becomes effortless and second nature. What seemed like a formidable task requiring focused concentration, riding a bicycle can now be done mindlessly. Imagine cycling is like that. In our experience, image cycling seems more difficult to learn on one's own. That is the reason for the workshops and the audio training set. Unquote. That audio training series is awesome. And again, I'm pretty sure it's only one credit on Audible. And I am in no way getting compensated for mentioning any of this stuff. No affiliate marketing here. Just 
Mr. Douglas pointing to a path of innate as well as yet widely unknown and untrained real human power, and a method that is very straightforward, studied by professionals in a laboratory setting for 35 plus years. If individual empowerment is important, if getting over this craggy hill we are staring at at this point in human history is important, to find our new horizon line, I think that awareness of and activation of our innate human individual powers is paramount. So, some more high-quality quotes from his book. In the answer to the question, who can become a healer, Dr. Bankston tells us, quote, In Western culture, Jesus is still the preeminent model of a hands-on healer, suggesting that the ability is the overflow of a wise, compassionate, highly evolved consciousness. Those words could not be used to describe Ben, undeniably a Mozart of healing. He was short-tempered, moody, dictatorial, and very hard on the people closest to him. In fact, his main strength as a healer might have been his galloping arrogance, unquote. This is very interesting. This reminds me of the information provided in Michael Topper's T-Birds and the Flying Saucers, the same author who gave us that fictitious comprehensive alien non-human intelligence discussion presented in audio format in our last episode. He says that the one thing shared in the advancement of the soul is the cultivation of will. That surety, that persistence and consistent leaning into disciplining oneself into betterment at whatever it is you've decided to lean into, positive or negative. So, perhaps, confidence is one side of the die of will or willpower, the willpower die. And a more haughty side is arrogance, and discipline is another side. To play the game, we must know the pieces we are playing with. We've got to roll the dice in the game of life. I like this answer also because there is this persistent theme where to get access to any of these innate inborn powers and abilities, you have to ascend, become spiritually awakened, dress in white robes only, and levitate off the ground ever so slightly at all times, otherwise it won't work for you. <laughs> the truth seems to be far different. And a nice reminder that you can be successful right where you are, who you are right now, and that Awakening these innate abilities is a part of the path of growth, not some reward at the top of a set of spiritual stairs to climb. My mind, as well as yours, might well be asking that annoying question. But how does it work? <laughs> Dr. Bankson has a great response to this. Quote, Ben was not a miracle worker, and neither am I. Because we were able to affect positive outcomes, some yet-to-be-discovered scientific principle must be involved. Though my body knows how to digest an apple, I don't know how it works. The same goes for energy healing. I can't tell you how the process works, but I can describe the techniques that emerged from our years of practice. Remember, what I'm giving you here is the equivalent of a musical score. How well each of you can play it is beyond my ability, and probably yours, to predict and control. Unquote. That last part I really like because it puts us all in the frame of mind that we are all unique instruments that will play a song in the way we play it, and it will be performed slightly differently, sound unique in our own production, because it's you, 
as an awesome, unique you that's doing it. And I like that. Another way of thinking of it is uh, different actors performing the same role. Sylvester Stallone will be a very different Harry Potter than Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, Voldemort, uh, I'll say the name Voldemort. Uh, Gryffindor, Hermione, watch out. Uh, Ron, what are you talking about? You're jealous, Roger. Calm down. <laughs> okay, now back to the cycling and the list of awesome things and events you want for yourself. Dr. Bankston tells us that this method came from the awareness of needing to give our ego something to play with and be distracted by. This method is for both the healer and the healee, unless, of course, it's your cat or another beloved animal companion. And I really liked this next quote from his book, quote, If you ask volunteer healers for a wish list, they're likely to include all sorts of altruistic notions about family, friends, and world peace. Ben and I doubted this lack of self-interest could be sustained over time without a buildup of resentment. This isn't cynicism. It's simply an acknowledgement of who we are as a species. Self-sacrifices often carries a very complicated agenda. In our view, healing should be done as a favor to oneself and not to the other person because it fulfills a need in the healer. Unquote. That is an incredibly insightful and a very, very, very different from what you usually get exposed to. You know, I mean, no judgment, just an understanding that we are not selfless, altruistic, angelic, all positive, light beings. We are beings experiencing being human, and humans are, among many other things, selfish. The word selfish can have a lot of baggage associated with it. I get it. But being selfish can also absolutely mean ensuring you are in the best possible position for yourself so that you have the ability and capacity to help others in precisely the high-level way the universe has intended you to do. We all know that old but accurate airline oxygen mask procedure. Please put your mask on first before you help others. Otherwise, you will pass out mid-help out of your seatmate and they will have to detangle your unconscious spaghetti limbs from their oxygen mask, okay? Today we'll be serving chicken and our in-flight entertainment are some selected episodes of Friends, Frasier, and How I Met Your Mother. Have a nice flight. <laughs> Dr. Bankston continues, quote, We chose instead to feed the ego all the things it secretly longed for in order to get it out of the way, much like diverting a guard dog with raw steak till it becomes satiated. Ben and I decided the list should contain at least 20 items. That number is arbitrary. How many spokes does it take to make a wagon wheel? Enough to keep it spinning. Add more items if you wish, but don't have fewer than 20. That's to prevent the ego from drifting off into a narcissistic daydream over individual desires. That's not cycling. Ben and I were always surprised at how much difficulty people often had in coming up with 20 wishes. The usual impulse is to go generic, health, wealth, happy relationships. When you analyze the response, you uncover a desire on the part of the list maker to control his or her own universe. Also, placing health or wealth on the list implies you lack these things, which means floating a negative idea. That's why we insisted all things be specific and that the list maker remove something after receiving it. 
Don't think about the ways and means. This is big. Don't think about the ways and means. Seize on each image as if it were already a reality. Unquote. And just to sprinkle a little more sage on their wisdom, quote, Health and empowerment bring responsibility, just as other kinds of talent do. Unquote. Yeah. So, to summarize, get a list of 20 more things you want. Get specific about them. Make them personal. Make them selfish. If it's involving other people, specifically get their permission if you can. Turn your list into images of the wish already fulfilled. What, uh, very interesting, what Neville Goddard would call living in the end. Get into them in the imagining and envisioning taste, smell, sight, sound, feel. Get into it. Memorize. And start slow. You know, practice going through your images of your list fulfilled. Gradually, go faster and faster and faster still. Keep on going. Keep on practicing. Dr. Bankston says, quote, How long does it take to learn to cycle? Cycling isn't a place you get to. It's a process. You're never there. It's like playing tennis. You're always trying to improve, unquote. A serious sparkly gem to me here, where Dr. Bankston references Wilhelm Reich, he says, quote, Ben suggested fueling this practice with emotion, which we mutually agreed was energy, emotion, e-motion, as Wilhelm Reich called it. Unquote. Using emotion, any emotion, and I'll attest when I'm engaging in this process, the emotions of frustration, of anxiety, anger, all of them seem like jet fuel compared to the more serene joy, happiness, comfort, etc., uh, you know, I, I also definitely feel like I am being productive with the otherwise built-up amount of energy happening within during the sensing and experiencing of the emotion. Traffic, difficult people, crowded spaces, the supermarket on a weekend, slow internet, I mean, you get the idea. Any human experience generating a rise of emotion, of E-motion, is a rising of energy, and this energy can be used to fuel your going through your list. Some other benefits of cycling mentioned in the book, quote, Cycling might create long-term desirable psychological and physiological changes in the brain, just like meditation does. Some cyclers report that it allows for a general lessening of tension and an increased sense of optimism. Psychiatrists report to me that patients who have learned cycling are more focused and respond better to physical and mental testing, unquote. Now, on the point of going faster, Dr. Bengston says, quote, When I questioned Ben about healing, he often blurted out answers unknown to his conscious mind. For example, when I initially asked if he were inducing the slow alpha-theta brainwaves usually associated with altered states, he insisted, no, no, faster, faster. Though I have recently read that some Buddhist monks and yogis meditate by speeding up rather than slowing down brain activity. That information was virtually unknown in the West during the 70s. Ben and I were flying on blind instinct, unquote. And when asked, well, how do you go faster? His response is great, and it cuts right to the point. He says, quote, how does anyone decide to walk faster? You intend it by sending a message to your brain, unquote. How do you walk faster? Well, you first intend to walk faster, then you do it. Like babies, it takes time at first. But then before the baby knows it, they're zipping along on two legs all around the living room. So, to start, use a memory aid 
Give each item a moment or two, but once you've got a handle on your list, decouple their progression, you know, their from 1, 2, 3, 4, all the way down to 20, or however you've connected them. Let them spin around, unrelated, like clothes in the dryer. And here for advice on cycling, Dr. Bankston states, quote, Once you have mechanically acquired the technique, continue to practice whenever you are experiencing an emotion. Whether positive or negative, the stronger the better. Don't try to replace the emotion. Think of your feelings as fuel for multitasking. Remember, multitasking is something we humans accomplish all the time. When a child is learning to walk, each step takes conscious effort. However, as adults, we walk, we talk, breathe, observe, and listen simultaneously without difficulty. At first, cycling may require great effort, but the more you practice, the more natural it will become. You'll know you're mastering the technique when you find yourself automatically cycling when experiencing an emotion, without having to prompt yourself. Don't expect this to happen overnight, any more than you would expect to compete at Wimbledon after a couple of tennis lessons." Unquote. Throughout the text and the audio course, and as a gem of advice I got from Bankston Research, I will echo it and, I, and say uh, that, quote, it takes some time, practice, and the most important thing, is to be playful, unquote. Thank you, Margaret. Also, you know, throughout the book, he talks about various ways in which he has been able to utilize this. Not, it's not only just hands-on. He does remote uh, as well. And in fact, at some point, he's charged cotton with healing energy and then sent the cotton to people to use on a wound or um, ailment. So like this, this energy manipulation technique I think, could be explored way more than just the deep exploration that Dr. Benson has done uh, with healing of the tumorous rats and all of the other things that he's done. He's really awesome. And like I said, I would love to take uh, his course and, uh, you know, get certified in the Benson method. That'd be pretty awesome. So anyway, hey. For an intro into Dr. Bengtson's work, I think we've cooked up a nice-sized meal to taste, enjoy, and digest. Huh? For the full course experience, I cannot recommend enough visiting that website, bankstonresearch.com. That's bankstonresearch.com. Getting the book, The Energy Cure, and the course, Hands-On Healing. And that book is a page-turner. I mean, it's a fun read. And my brother went through it in like three days. This information, you know, it's huge when it comes to innate human powers, an individual as well as eventual species-wide real empowerment. And that's why I'm here. Also, really quick, um, there was a specific mention in the beginning of the book about cloud disintegration via mental intention alone. It's mentioned as part of Bill and Ben's first meeting and then brought up once more when Ben's referencing the migraine incident uh, when he says that he thought of the migraine as something like a cloud that he could dissolve. And so he did the same thing he did with the cloud, and he got better, and the person who had the migraine got better. It's also uh, uh, discussed and shown in the movie The Men Who Stare at Goats as a thing. I've actually had moderate success when trying to cloud dissolve. It's a fun experiment, and there's really no harm in trying it on yourself. I don't know where to put this interesting connection, so I'm putting it here. 
Perhaps this particular practice of intending to cloud dissolve is like doing arm curls or basic kick practice for karate. You know, low risk, repetitive, intending practice. Fascinating stuff. I'm all about it. And I think this will do it for us on this episode. Ooh, mm, I always have a fun time bringing this info to you. Thank you for the opportunity, you wonderful, empowering people. Thank you for hanging and more power to you.